Hi, everybody. Welcome back. It's Jacqueline. And Alana. And here's another episode of Black and Yellow Summer Edition. Woo! July is almost over. Right? It feels like this month has been a year long. Let me tell you, it feels like this year has been 10 years long. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Well, what makes it more bittersweet is I feel like I see my friends who live in other countries and they're like summering and having lovely time by big bodies of water. And you can relate to this feeling. Mm-hmm. Anytime I see those those photos, I always feel I always get that that gut punch feeling that I would get from like working weekend brunches at a restaurant. Oh, you know, tell and, like, me about it. Seeing everyone day drinking and laughing with friends and eating carbohydrates covered in <laughs> butter and syrup and like and and just that feeling of like intense jealousy, but also like I want to be day drinking and making questionable dietary habits. I'd rather be doing that right now. Right. Like I would like to just go to a restaurant or maybe like a coffee shop and sit. (laughs) There's that I would like to be in a place where the government is functioning properly. Right. There's good leadership. Right. Because the only thing I hate more than dysfunctional government is karaoke. Thank God there's none of that happening. Right really? Now. I'm surprised. I, I didn't know ugh. that about you. Any, if you ever invite me out to karaoke, girl, I'm busy. I mean, I won't. I mean, I'm Asian, <laughs> so of course I love. Of course I love karaoke. Um, why? Why? Just why? I'm curious. It's like noise pollution. I like my uh. idea of a good time is not listening to drunk people singing poorly. Oh, I guess most of the times, yes, people are drunk. I, I never get that drunk, but but yes, okay, I see what you mean. But you sound I good just, when you're drunk. Uh, <laughs> I just feel like if I want to do my equivalent, which is dance poorly, drunkenly in a corner. You'll go to a concert. Yeah, but yeah, I can also yeah, yeah. do it and not like bother people, right? Like I can right. do it in a dark corner and no one can see me, but when All alone. you are singing karaoke and you are creating noise pollution, <laughs> I have to exit the premises oh, if man. I want to be relieved of the torture. It's so Virgo of you. I love it. <laughs> All righty. Good to know. Good to know. I've never, I never knew that about you all these years. Maybe you've mentioned it and I just forgot, but also I'm grateful I've never invited you. Um, uh. I love you, but I'm busy, and the answer will always be no. <laughs> so good. It's all good. I ain't going to karaoke anytime soon anyway. Oh, <laughs> all right, let's put our money where our mouth is. Now yes, that we've yes, got yes. that venting session out of the way. <laughs> all righty. So for my put your money where, your, where my mouth is, um, <laughs> I was thinking, like, yeah, I've talked about certain things of fashion and, and you know, like boba and things. And then I was kind of always the theme of this pandemic and this coronavirus is kind of always in my mind when I'm sort of thinking about when I am thinking about put, put, put your money where your mouth is. And I thought, well, I found some really cool Asian owned brands that I really liked. But I thought, like, are people really going to want to and I and I don't know what you're going to say next. So I hope I'm not stepping on your toes um but I I was thinking like no one's gonna buy shoes because no one's really going anywhere Uh, you know like no one's gonna so you mean you know so I thought okay why don't I talk about something that is essential that is a consumable (laughs) um so I which is also up my alley and what I stand for as of recently as of late um I and I'm sure most of you guys have seen this brand at Whole Foods, at Sprouts. She has blown up and I'm so 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 happy for her. It's kind of embarrassing, but I didn't even really know that this brand was owned by a Japanese lady because when I first read the name of the brand, I read it wrong. And if you read it slightly wrong, it kind of sounds like a Greek name. It looks Greek, too. Yeah, and it sounds Greek until you actually, like, look. And it, it looks Greek, too, like the branding, the color, right? I wonder if that's mm-hmm. on purpose. Um, but anyways, um, I'm here, after all this teasing, I'm here to talk about Miyoko's Creamery. Ice cream is essential! Yes, she's amazing. Um, so she actually... Um, became vegan in the 80s. So everything she does is dairy-free, which Mm -hmm. is awesome 
for us vegans, for us non-vegans. I know, I know people who are not vegan and just are trying to like cut back on some dairy. Um, and they buy her, they buy her stuff at Whole Foods at Sprouts. Mm-hmm. Um, so she's an award-winning vegan celebrity chef, Miyoko Shinner. Sinner. We talked about this before. Uh, Miyoko Shinner. Shinner. Okay, Miyoko Shinner. <laughs> uh, we, earlier we were like, how do I pronounce her last name? And then we looked it up. Uh, she's got a bunch of books, cookbooks, specifically on vegan cheese. She was born in Japan, which is pretty cool. Um, so yeah, she has everything from cream cheese to cheddar cheese to mozzarella um i love her her brand is um what she says is like cheese lover animal lover um and she's also Mm. known as the queen of vegan cheese um she yeah so it's pretty awesome i've had a many obviously many of her stuff um and it's delicious it works really well she's got vegan butter um she's got everything um and and if you guys are, I'm sure most of you listening who are not or are plant-based have gone to Whole Foods, you have definitely seen her products in the vegan dairy aisle. Um, so yeah, that's my Put Your Money Where Your Mouth is for this week. What's how's yours, the, how's the Oh, yes. Um, how's the vegan quest going? Like, what's the thing? Like, what's your favorite vegan meal now that you're full-blown vegan? favorite vegan meal oh my gosh there's so much especially when it comes to like asian cuisine and how we cook at home yes um i would imagine yeah there's like a million things we could i could say but i guess if i were to say maybe stereotypical i don't know stereotypically like something that someone would obviously guess or assume i love starting uh, this is so traditional i love starting my meal with a soup um uh-huh. and last night actually we've been branching out um my family and i made vegan dumplings because d- everyone Ooh. loves dumplings right you can't yes. go wrong with dumplings or anything anything that's rolled in like a a, a dough a round piece of dough um uh-huh. we so, like stuffed things right exactly so we're on the quest to make an amazing um plant-based dumpling we also made the dough from scratch at home so we're pretty legit when it comes to Ooh. so we're pretty serious when it comes to our dumplings um um, but I think kind of, I, I would say, yeah, I wasn't even hungry last night. I think I ate like 24 or something insane like that. Oh my God. Um, yeah. So, so yeah, that's, that's, that's where I'm at right now. I'm kind of, we're kind of on this quest to, to perfect the vegan dumpling. Cause it's hard. It's, it's not easy. It's not as easy as you think. There's no binding material like meat. So yeah. Jackie, that's a fucking flex to be like, I ate 24 dumplings last night made from scratch and vegan. I want to have that reality one day in my life. I'll bring some to you. Delicious. Oh, I'll bring God. some to you. I'll just leave it on your doorstep. Fuck you, quarantine. I know, right? Um, okay, so mine, actually, I discovered mine while doing research for an episode that will be released next month. Um it's called Source Booksellers, and mm. I had the amazing pleasure of speaking with a woman named Janet Webster-Jones, because Webster we- recognized and see another Webster. She's your sister. She is. Um, and my conversation with her left me just positively buzzing. I thought about you many times, but mm. we'll get to that. Okay. Um, she runs a, book t- a boutique bookstore called Source Booksellers in Detroit. She is a mother-daughter duo. Her and her daughter Allison work side by side. Love mother-daughter duos on this we show. We do. And she sells a variety of books ranging from fiction to health and wellness to spirituality to kids' books to books by and about women. Uh, she sells books of, of authors of all colors. She really believes in using her space as a place to community build. And she's been selling books since 1989. Whoa! With Yeah, right? With the goal of spreading information and educating and bringing her community together through education. That's great. Yeah. And um, I thought it was really funny in talking to her. She sort of she stops selling books when um, kids become young teenagers like Mm -hmm. through teenage because she believes in also supporting the local library. And so she believes at a certain point in time when you get to be that age, you know, teenage and we're consuming books quickly. Yeah. Go to the library. She tells moms like, mom, go get lunch and come back and, you know, like check out the books that your son or daughter um have picked out so she's really into to unifying community through education 
Um, That's great. And it was a real treat to talk to her. She's a fierce intellect, really inspiring to say the least. Also, Source Booksellers hosts virtual conversations with popular authors. Okay. Um, for anyone who listens to the Call Your Girlfriend podcast with Ann Friedman and Aminatou So, they wrote a book together called Big Friendship. And ah. they, they being Source Booksellers, hosted a great virtual talk with the two authors and it was moderated by Gia Tolentino for anyone who reads the New Yorker. And mm. it was just a really warm, wonderful virtual space to be in for anyone who's looking for an online um, literary community to be a part of check out source booksellers um, calendar because they have a bunch of really cool events coming up. If there is a book that you're anxiously awaiting to drop, check out source book booksellers website to see if they sell it. And if they're hosting some sort of event with that author and apparently their spirituality section is quite large wow. and quite vast. And she's got lots of different cultures and ways of um, worshiping and thinking and lots of spirituality books. So if you're also in the mood for a new spirit, the market or mood for a new spirituality book, check out Source Booksellers. She um, is the real deal. She's awesome. The I thought about you a lot because in the, the just my interviewing her for our episode next uh, month, we would talk about books, but we would get on to spirituality. I was uh, put on to notice that we are in the age of Aquarius yeah, and what we that are. means yes. and things that I need to pay attention to and mm-hmm. watch out for and, and mm-hmm. how I can help humanity. And she hit me collective. to- Yes. Ex- oh my God, yes. <laughs> and she hit me to um, a, a feminist writer and thinker named I think Arunduti Roy. I think I pronounced cool that name. right who has a great series all about how the, this pandemic is a portal and how we can move through it and come out healthier on the other side. I thought about you many times. I was like, this is a woman right up Jackie's alley. <laughs> um, so that being said, I will drop links to both of these businesses in the show notes. And with that, shall we get started with the episode? Or yes, should we get started yes, with our yes. topic? Yes, 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 yes. So we took a break from COVID-specific content there for a bit. <laughs> Are you guys glad? Oh, I, think <laughs> I know I am. Needed a break. Oh, my God. And Enough um, we're going to pivot. Oh, we're going to pivot back a little bit and talk about COVID today. But do not fear. Do not worry. This is not a, a permanent pivot back into the, the ratchet world of the Rona. We promise because August is going to be lit. All pun intended. Mm-hmm. So, Jack, we're both runners. We both generally start off our day with a morning run or walk, something to get the blood flowing. Yes. And um, we're very addicted to that. We've talked about that off air and having that morning exercise routine be really important to us. But I've noticed something on my runs, and I wonder if you have too. So I've been noticing on my runs that when it comes to gender and mask wearing, women tend to always be wearing masks. Very seldom do I walk past a woman without a mask on. Right. The same cannot be said for men. I see a lot of unmasked men out in the world doing unmasked men things. <laughs> I wonder what that all means. Yes, I. you actually brought this up to me last week, and I remember having to really kind of look back into the past months um that is a and then I and then and then I started after you told me that's when I actually started looking I actually Mm, hadn't really noticed this because I barely go out um and if and when I do it's like hyper focused into like get in get out you know like there's no like yeah it's browse no 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 we don't browse anymore um so (laughs) (laughs) so so yeah I mean I went to the farmer's market last Saturday and I did see like <laughs> there was this couple walking next to me and my mom and I were like a handful of veggies. We're like, everything's like really heavy and we're covered in vegetables and this couple's walking next to us and it's a woman and a man. And then I hear, I hear, I hear the man go, ah, oh, shoot, I forgot my mask. And I just like, that was it. That was kind of like, Oh, that's so ironic. Like that you, it was kind of like you had planted the seed. And then when I saw that moment, mm. I was like, hmm, she's onto something here. I thought it was crazy at first. I thought 
when I would pass men on my runs and, and they would do the, the mask, the face mask dance, which I guess is the equivalent of like the, the wallet dance. If you're on a first or second date with someone where it's like the check comes and. Oh, right, like, right, right. Oh, let me, yeah. Who's let me, let pay? Me, yeah. Right, right, right. Yeah. It's that sort of thing with like the mask is like underneath the chin or like hanging around the neck. Right. Or like and, where the nose is still out. <laughs> yes. <laughs> or like that it's around the always, hands. Right. I went back and. Me. And I'll like pass a guy and, and certain guys will be, you know, at least like sort of do the dance like, oh, let me put this thing over my face. And certain guys are like, well, you got a mask on. So like, we're good. Right. And, right. and keep it pushing. And I thought I was crazy. And I took to the Internet as I've been doing a lot, as many people do. And <laughs> I'm not crazy. Like, that's what we're talking about today. Why <laughs> is it that men are less likely to wear face masks than women? It's fact. Mm-hmm. We're not crazy. We're not sexist. We're just mm-hmm. simply stating the fact. So mm-hmm. that's what we're talking about today. If you are a regular listener of the show, this is about the time where we would jump back into a time machine and um, discover the history of a topic and talk about why it's significant. But this is a very new, very now problem. Right. So here are just some facts to mull over. So. If they were to have a choice, only about 29% of men choose to wear masks compared to 45% of women who say they always wear masks outside of the home. What a difference. (laughs) Right? Men are also more likely to believe that they won't be affected by the coronavirus, which is, quote, particularly ironic because official statistics show that that actually coronavirus impacts more men seriously (laughs) and sometimes fatally than women. That's and, ironic. Um, right. And, why, and, again, and again, why is it ironic? It's because men tend to be more severely impacted. Just look at places like China and Italy and Spain and New York City. Men, more men have died from COVID-19 at far higher rates than women. Mm. Uh, men in the U.S. report less intention than women to wear face coverings or PPE, especially in countries that don't mandate them. Mm. So if men are in a country where it's mandated, they will wear it. But when given a choice in a place like the lovely US of A, uh, it becomes an optional. Right, exactly. Um, Women are more likely to view the coronavirus as, quote, a very serious health problem and more likely to agree with activity restraining rules to prevent the virus's spread. So women are more prone to stay home, obey, I guess, like obey certain (laughs) laws, right? We don't want to get like consider trips that are essential do i have to right. go to this place or can right. i put it off or 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 do something different to right. make up that, like that actually decision? think about it right right exactly <laughs> for sure yeah and uh, women are more likely to comply with public health measures such as mask wearing ppe hand washing coughing into elbow those sorts of things so there you go fascinating so let's talk about the difference between our genders and how we view health. Mm-hmm. Because I think it's important to say pretty pretty close to top of topic that when it comes to wearing masks or any PPE, yes, the masks are important to protect the wearer of the masks, but really the PPEs and masks function as a way to protect the general public. Yeah, absolutely. That's You're... the thing to remember. We've had a couple of these talks i think about how i think we had an episode of like why to wear a mask mm-hmm. um and i think remember like wearing a mask on a plane like kind of i kind of went into why people wear masks in china i mean in asia or in taiwan and um you know it is mostly to protect the others but it goes both ways yeah you know and mm-hmm. to think that you're just wearing it for 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 yourself or for the others um, I think is a little is a little wrong, um, or not wrong, yeah. but like your 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 perception of what you're doing is, is a little twisted in that sense. Definitely, and so I th- I think also when it comes to PPE wearing, for men in the United States, there tends to be a sway between two factors. So PPE wearers generally have to contend with the individual's desire to protect themselves, mm. and what people will say or think in the court of public opinion. That sense seems to be a choice that men make, whereas women are like, no, I got to protect myself. I got to protect my family. Right. Women tend to be caregivers by and large, not just children, but but elderly parents or right. ailing family members. Right. Oh, and for those and of you guys we, who don't know what PPE means, it means personal mm. protective equipment. I just want to put, put that out there. 
Um, yeah, so women really do view their health extended, as not just a function of themselves, yeah. but actually like, yeah, absolutely. They're not the individual. Right. They're part of the right. entire right. family machine that Right, I definitely think that, that it is a going. biological, social, so, behavioral factor that plays into all of this. Right. A hundred percent. Women are more likely to take steps to protect their health. Right. So this means that we get shots more often. We go to the doctor. We go for more cancer screenings or more protective health screenings overall. And this is despite the fact that men generally have much worse, much worse health outcomes and higher mortality from most of the leading causes of death. And men tend to live about five years fewer than women in most most. countries. So on average, women live about five years longer than men. And this is something that's commonly referred to as the longevity gap. So more than half of all women older than 65 are widows and widows far outnumber Mm -hmm. widowers by at least three to one. So it's 65 for every 100 American women. There's only 77 American men. And at the age of 85, that disparity gets even greater with women outnumbering men by 2.6 to one. And so the longevity gap persists even into very old age, long after hormones have passed their peak. Um, There are four females for every male, essentially, if we're going, let's say, 90 and older. And the longevity gap, again, is not exclusive to the United States. The longevity gap is present in both industrialized countries and societies and developing countries and societies. All men of this planet. Yes. Yes. And then along with the longevity gap, there's something that's called the health gap. So if the longevity gap is the gap in lifespan between men and women, the health gap is the disparity Mm -hmm. in quality of health during life. So just as stated above, men are more likely to die younger than women, but they're also more likely to be burdened by illnesses during life. They fall ill at younger ages and have more chronic health illnesses. I think that is also to do with how our bodies function, how our bodies are built, um, hormones, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Yes. Hormones, chromosomes, um, a couple of other biological factors right. depending on, I think, genes. But by and large, the health gap is very real. Um, men are more likely to experience things like hernias and emphysema and bladder cancer and aortic aneurysms and gout and develop kidney stones and deal with substance abuse, with substance abuse issues, specifically alcohol or to develop uh, duodenal ulcers. And let's keep in mind that while women are more likely to see doctors more often than men, men cost our American society more in the cost right, of right, medical right. care beyond the age of 65. That are chronic throughout life. Right. This is true. So there is medical science to back up that women are the healthier gender, but like, let's look into socially how our genders are conditioned either consciously or subconsciously yeah, there's many factors that lie. look at health right so like men are more likely to conflate health with physical right. strength and size and we as a, a society are conditioned to believe that men are the the stronger i'm using stronger in quotes uh stronger sex a muscular man who can lift heavy shit run really fast throw things far throw things hard right. society does view that man as healthy Right. When a man is, quote, exactly. When a man is, quote, bulking up, which we hear, we don't yeah, almost no never women, hear that we don't, phrase. We don't women, bulk. But bulking up. Yeah, yeah. Getting big, getting strong. Like, it's the idea that the, that men view health as something that right, right, is right. closely tied to being seen. Whereas women, we're more likely mm-hmm. to conflate so health different. with beauty and wellness. Many of Right. Like many of us women were raised on the the belief that, mm-hmm. you know, it's beauty starts from the inside right. Right. and you are what you eat and all of those, I hate to say like fluff phrases because they're not fluff, they're very true. But it's this idea that what we put into ourselves, even if you can't calibrate how we look and how the sort of, how our diets are making our bodies change or making our skin glow or hair longer, even if it's not immediately noticeable, it's still working. Uh, That being said though, women also Mm -hmm. are more likely to strive for thinness, which which isn't always the most healthy. Again, what society deems a woman should look like. This is all based on societal factors, which has its positives. 
effects. I believe in also its negative effects, as we've seen, mm-hmm. as as we will get into it as well. Which, if you think about it, society thinks men getting bigger is healthy so and women ridiculous. getting thinner is health. It's like it's, so it's a very strange uh, dynamic, but the I, of 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 creation, like yes, yeah, one hundred percent. Um, the idea here being that men are conditioned, whether consciously or unconsciously, to think. So yeah, so it's like essentially, it's like if a woman is buff, then she's not attractive, and if a, if and if a man is built yes. to be more thin or lean, we like to call mm-hmm. them scrawny, right? So yeah, yes, right. Yes. They they won't Qu- save weak. me. They they're weak they're men. Strong, yeah, X, Y, and Z, and I, I do think that that leads to people. Um, it does debilitate their health, whether we're talking about mental health, physical health, doing things mm-hmm. that are going to be good for them, um, you know, and on and on and on. Yeah, we also have a tendency to, when a woman is too muscular, to question if that muscular build right. or like, is, quote, healthy for a woman. Right, like, like is it healthy wrong that she's so muscular? Or, like, is it mentally healthy Right, back for her? then, people would yeah, be like, oh, yeah, she's be a definitely man? a lesbian. Oh like, where God. do these things come from, you know? Like, because lesbian women yeah. are, de- are manly. Yeah, like, definitely. Who said that? <laughs> Someone did. I, I have no idea. I remember when Serena Williams was, was on that meteoric rise, and, um, her muscular yeah, build was obviously sure. viewed as not very ladylike, but also the question of like, is that right. healthy for a woman yeah. to be that big and that strong? Like there must be something else going on there. Is she taking something? Is she, you know, whatever when it's like, no, and women are allowed beautiful. to be big and muscular and strong. We just don't. Yes. And we, and we don't give muscular women, women that same respect that we Right. assume men should be i.e. men should be muscular mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. if you're not you're right. weak and scrawny but women should not be so there it is health wise we also have this unhealthy um we tend to equate anger and ferocity with something that's being typically male if you think about that stereotypical hard driving hard working man someone maybe that has a performative uh masculine air to them someone like the president of the united states for instance we've come to normalize oh, that kind sure. of emotional behavior. movies everything magazines Ugh. yeah i Which mean like if you think about to just health. think about it alana like all your life waiting in grocery lines and seeing those magazines men's health maxim woman's mm-hmm. health whatever we mean back yep. then a lot a lot has changed now and i think we're way more progressive in that sense but if i can just look back into my like puny amount of years that i've been on this planet like most of the people that i've seen yep. on <laughs> magazine covers have all been if they're men extremely fit extremely um chiseled super handsome and for women you know it's been all these models and so subconsciously these images get Mm -hmm. burned in our in our brain and we internalize them and we act and feel like we should aspire to be and look like that and if we don't or aren't and will never be then something is inherently wrong with us yeah and i think I think what you just said also leads me into another point because we as women also have strong social networks to if you're feeling frustrated about these societal standards that are put on women. Right. We go to other women and we talk about it. We get these feelings out. We've got these social networks and social. um, uh, uh, Oh, my God. Um, Community network. uh, The word is escaping me. uh, Okay. (laughs) We'll go with sisterhood. We'll go with sisterhood. Um, that men generally don't have. Men used to have it back in the day. Men used to have places where they could go to men-only spaces and talk about something that would right. Like I think generally women have feelings. that more naturally than men do because I do feel like, um, mm-hmm. yeah, just because of that like tribal way of thinking. But but yeah, I mean, if you want to talk about like the societal impacts that 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 then affects 
health behavior. I know they do say like statistically women are mm-hmm. diagnosed with depression more than men, but we don't equate depression. Yep. We generally equate depression with like sleepiness, fatigue, um, you know, worry, all this stuff. But if we were to consider alcoholism or rage or um, infidelity or Mm -hmm. um, um, spending too much money, anything of those things that are obviously way out of balance and and showing us that this man is clearly not happy, um, then I think we can consider that depression. And I think mm-hmm. if we were to see that to be true, men would be diagnosed, yeah. I think, just as much as women um, in that sense. And, and that is all, again, you mm-hmm. know, society is telling men that they need to be a certain way. Um, and if they're not, then they are weak. And then I do think that that leads them to be more unhealthy, yeah. and be more, um, I don't know, what's the word, like uh, mischievous, right, destructive. And and, and then destructive. I do think there's this thing of like, women have to give birth. Men don't ever have to do that. They will never know what that's like. I understand that men become fathers, but when a woman has a child like we just mentioned earlier, your life becomes extended to that child. Everything you think, you say, you do will affect that child. And I think a woman will naturally think like that because she's the one who gave birth. But I think for men to think that way, I think is much harder and much unnatural. I think natural in some in some men for sure. But that idea mm-hmm. of that being like so ingrained in our biological uh, factor, our genetics, I think is what makes us vastly different. I'm also glad that you brought up the idea of mom or or formative female figures that help to essentially raise boys into men. Because one of the other interesting societal motives that I came across for why men might have a subconscious reasoning to not wear masks is because when we are growing up, young boys and young girls, who's the parent that really emphasizes hygiene practices? Who's the parent that makes sure that you are cleaned, fresh, um, probably does the laundry, probably does the the women's work? It's mom. Mom is the one. Yeah. Mom is the one that makes sure that your butt gets in the bathtub before you get to bed and you brush your teeth and you comb your hair and you wash your hands. And there could be a subconscious resistance for men to wear masks because they're essentially raging against that time in their lives where they were being quote unquote nagged at by women Mm -hmm. and being told what to do health wise. So some of the opposition for mask wearing can be this, this um, subconscious like masculine resistance to those Mm. strict health rules that were forced upon them when they were younger, whether by moms or by female teachers or some sort of formative female figures in their lives that pressed these ideas of hygiene upon them, even if they didn't want to perform them. And I also will say that I think, I think that the way that we deal with health and wellness in terms of talking about it to our young kids, I do think it feels a little bit old fashioned. Like I think that it could be modernized and updated just sort of across the board to catch young kids attention whether you're a boy or a girl um i i I just i feel like we can do better in that arena but um we're not quite there yet uh in terms of like looking for some suggestions on how to change the way that we talk about health and cleanliness to our young kids some of the one i think one of the scariest opinions that i came across online was this um idea that we've got to streamline it and we've got to closely uh, align hygiene with discipline and patriotism and self-responsibility and it's got to be more masculine and i was like i don't think so i think that we can just align hygiene with like equality like and health and just like of of having a more like where where did this thing of like boys get to be dirty like, you know, like, oh, he's a boy. Yes. So, of course, he played in the yeah. mud and he came home and he didn't wash mm-hmm. that, their hands. Like, somewhere there, I think, is what needs to be, like you said, updated and modernized where it's like 
just because he's a boy doesn't mean he can do that. And just because she's a girl doesn't mean she can't do that. Yeah. I think it all starts from this idea of mm-hmm. like, what's masculine? What's feminine? And it and it really starts from the beginning between colors, between mm-hmm. blue and pink, between X, Y, and Z. And it's just like ingrained yeah. in our society, ingrained in our upbringing, ingrained in our media, ingrained in our parents, first and foremost. And it does take this like, unpacking of all that is you know um to see why then you wouldn't Mm -hmm. want to protect yourself and protect others by wearing a mask like it doesn't it doesn't make any sense so you would actually want to be destructive if if i came up to a man and, and said you know you could possibly be at the risk of killing yourself and killing others by not wearing a mask and what are you going to equate that to? You're going to equate that to testosterone. You're going to equate that to stress in your life. You're going to equate that to like wearing a mask isn't manly. Like I don't, I don't believe in, I don't, not that I don't believe that, but I do think at, at this level it's, it, it's BS, you know, like just wear a mask. <laughs> uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. One might actually argue that it's toxic masculinity, but we'll get to that argument later in show because I'm right there with you. I think phrases like quote, boys will be boys. I think that a phrase like that is incredibly for sure stagnating, and and it like it also it also lets like I just think it lets the boys who want to get away with it get away with it, and it also lets the boys who don't want to get away with it, who maybe don't want to be a boy, uh, uh, you know, like what if he doesn't want to be a boy? Like yeah, him hearing that phrase, hearing boys don't Mm -hmm. cry, boys can't cry, like uh, no, you can, and you can also wear a dress, and you can also paint your nails, and if you're a girl and you. Yeah, and and you're totally yeah, fine. Yeah, and we can praise totally you for it too. Wrong with you, you know? And I and I think I think that that is yeah. like it's so it's so such a part of of all that we're talking about here. Whew. Yeah. I um I I I there's one big point that I do have to bring up because I think it would be irresponsible having a conversation like this to not which is um a lot of black men are having a hard time rationalizing wearing a face mask or not. And quite frankly, the question that they have to mull over is not necessarily like which face mask, but how do I wear a face mask and not get shot? Which if you take a look at what's happening in our country right now with so many black men and women dying at the hands of police, it's easy to understand why that fear exists. Um, being killed by a cop is one of the leading causes of death for black men in America. And a study last year found that one in a thousand black men in America could expect to be killed by police. So this fear is not irrational oh, and yeah. it's not and I'm unfounded. Sure many it's very people valid. Have seen or know someone who've, who've gotten killed by a cop. If, if you're black. Yes. Yeah. Police brutality has affected a lot of people. A lot of black families have been affected by police brutality, whether directly or indirectly. And it's becoming more and more common. You're right. Um, Despite the fear of infection, a lot of statistics show that black communities are being hit harder by coronavirus. However, many black men feel like wearing a mask poses a like bigger a target threat on their to back. their overall well-being than it. I mean, yeah, right. Literally. Yeah. Or their face. Yeah. Like yeah. Um, they think that like the mask wow. wearing is a bigger threat than the coronavirus, um, just as they are more likely than white people to be stopped and frisked, to be pulled over for traffic violations and to be charged with drug crimes. Black individuals who appear more likely to be targeted uh, by police simply for oh, wearing geez. masks. That's becoming oh, more and gosh. more common. Quote, which death do they choose, COVID or police shooting? Asked Vicki Mays, who is a distinguished professor of health policy and management at UCLA's Fielding School of Public Health. She studies health disparities and has been tracking incidents where Black men wearing masks have been harassed. She says, quote, we have African-Americans who have been dragged out of stores, who have been ordered by police and store and store guards to pull their masks down or take their masks off. You also see people protesting during this pandemic because people feel strongly what is happening to them is worse than the risk of death. These are horrible risk assessments anyone should have to make, end quote. And she's not wrong. There are more and more examples of Black men being hassled for wearing masks. Uh, Cam Buckner, 35, attorney in Chicago, was harassed by a security guard while shopping at his local hardware store for wearing a mask. Armin Henderson, a Black University of Miami physician 
who was a part of a volunteer team to help test the homeless for coronavirus was arrested while wearing a mask as he unloaded supplies out of his van into his front yard. Or two young black men posted a video that then went viral of them being escorted out of a Walmart by a police officer who had his hand on his gun. And when the boys asked why they were being escorted out in a fashion, in such a fashion, this cop basically said, you guys looked like you were up to no good and wow. those masks you have on are illegal. So mask wearing is not necessarily a universal Right, like even when you think you're being everyone. safe and responsible, um, you're actually putting yourself yeah. in more danger. Yeah, absolutely. And let's be real. The fact that the notion of these men wearing masks as just trying to protect themselves as well as protect other people from the coronavirus is not no i'm sure because most people, people system have. like the whole systemic racism embedded into our culture and our country will think thug mm-hmm. will think uh yeah. yeah we'll think he's obviously this black man's gonna up to do no good to hurt me we'll think we'll think i'm i should be afraid of him yeah who is this yeah. ominous black figure in this face right i mean mask? every he must be everything trouble. that's happened Gotta watch in, out in, for our, him. In, our, in our system for the past hundreds of years is so apparent in this one example. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And all the black men that I know and, and many others who are trying to figure out the, the right mask to wear and, are resorting to brightly colored masks, bright florals, bright yeah, African yeah. prints, cheery, chipper, like nothing fucking when you, cool. That's so ironic like not, and, like, and like, you know, like not ironic, but I do feel yeah. like. I have I have this moment now because when you said earlier before the top of the segment you said you know what what African American men are, are dealing with it's not about finding the right mask to wear and like I didn't even think about how possibly wearing a whatever mask is even a a luxury in today's world because I have never had to think about yes. that. I mean, us Asians have to think about something else that we'll get into it later as well. But I've never had to think about what mask I'm going to wear because I'll look a certain way. Like that blows my mind. Oh, Mm -hmm. yeah. I I actually didn't realize that was a, a a thing that black men were considering until sitting down to, to prep this episode where I was like, Oh wow. Yeah. That, yes. The prejudice of this black person or this black man couldn't possibly be just healthy and protecting myself and others. He's got to be up to no good. He's got to be this mischievous person. Better get that 911 call ready. Like we we can't kill the coronavirus if everyone is not a player in the mask wearing game. But how do we all wear masks when the immediate first thought for people of color or for Asian people is these people of color, they're up to no good. Or these Asian people, if they don't have a mask on, God, oh, yeah. help them right. all. Like they I have mean, to be wearing that masks. Like, it's, it's with, just, let alone <sighs> the xenophobia and the, the hate crimes that's happening internationally, which we've mentioned many times on the show. But it's, it's, it's also this like, if I wear a mask, people might think I have the virus. If I don't wear a mask, people will think I have the virus. And after this is over, when this is over, people will forever think that I may have the virus. And that is something, Uh right. Yeah, that it was a conspiracy. And that that it'll forever be someone who looks like (sighs) me's fault. And that is something that Asians are going to have to live with for the rest of their lives. And and, and like another added layer to whatever's happening, which obviously you can relate to 100%. Dude, I mean, yeah. I would say I the one, plus, the one, the, the the one group of men that are probably wearing the masks are Asian men. <laughs> yes, I agree. <laughs> like, yes, absolutely. I see women and I see Asian men. No matter dudes what, without fail. <laughs> like, yes, you are correct in that. A- <laughs> Asian men, y'all, y'all don't have to listen to this episode. Y'all good. We already know. We see you. Fuck xenophobia. Oh, yeah, like you get a pass. Okay, so let's talk about risks for a second, because I don't think I'm surprising anyone when I say that when it comes to taking risks, men generally take more risks than women. And in our American culture, we've always rewarded risky behavior, even if we don't necessarily condone it. Just think of the classic bad boy stereotype, you know? We talked on our driving episode about how men are more likely to draw, to die in car accidents that they mm-hmm. did some sort of risky maneuver in 
than women. Now, granted, there's more men on the road, and that's also why more men die in car accidents, but the the, the willingness to make a risky driving maneuver is more present Definitely. in men than it is in women. And in psychology today, they say, quote, men who are willing to take unnecessary risks impressed their peers and acquired higher social status. This in turn made them more attractive to women. The bad boy. Uh, This phenomenon remains a convincing explanation for the higher incidence of all kinds of risk taking and violence in young men when compared to other demographic groups, end quote. So whatever the cause, from boyhood on, males take more risks than females, and they often pay the price in terms Mm -hmm. of trauma, injury, or death. Simple precautions like wearing a seatbelt or the modern-day seatbelt, which is a mask, um, those precautions men are less likely to take. And just to give you a bit of a historical context, this isn't unfounded. Um, In hunter-gatherer societies, men foraged at a greater distance from the home where they attempted to take down large game animals. This occupation was favored because it was viewed as uh, needing qualities like fearlessness, fearlessness, <laughs> fearlessness and risk taking. However, foraging closer to home was done by women for tiny prey, for, for vegetables. Uh, so that risk had very little payoff in terms of food acquisition because it was believed that women needed to just be the primary caregivers of the home. And that was the bigger, uh, that was the bigger thing that women had to worry about. And so women avoided taking unnecessary risks because as you said, biologically, we have to be around for the well-being of the kids, survival of the offspring, taking care of the home. However, ladies, we also can be fearless, beautiful beings because we are, Uh, We take more risks and we're proud of it. In the modern world, women devote less time to caring for children and their risk profile has increased. This suggests that women of the future are likely to take riskier jobs. Currently, the greater masculine willingness to do a a risky job is a major factor in occupational choices. So at present, dangerous occupations Uh, are overwhelmingly performed by men. But that is slowly, that's slowly changing over time. Well, yeah, I think that's yeah. also so, um, go us. You know, dealing with such risky occupations have a direct link to um, stress, which have a direct link to health. Um, mm-hmm. So I think it's a lot of uh, it's a, a it's a big mix of behavior and societal standards that I think lead men to be risky. I don't mm-hmm. necessarily and and I mean I, yes, sure, biologically as far as yeah. like hunter gatherers and, and, and you know all that stuff in the past, but I do think there there is this this thing about right from the get go of like right from the get go, I'd yes. say more overtly how to be a man than a woman. And that's also ironic too, because as a woman, we are associated with things being more subtle, more soft, more easy, more like flowy and men, it's like, go, go, go. And so I think right from the minute men are born, right from the minute they're in the womb, you know, I think there's this way more, um, I don't know, energy intention of like how to be a man more overtly. And I think that gets mixed in with Mm -hmm. a lot of their subconscious and realizing that genetically or biologically, they don't have to be this risky, but right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I also feel like boys grow up accepting um, that it's, it's quote unquote manly to be unafraid and to, to be more willing to be in dangerous situations. And so I feel like we could also dead this gender stereotype by growing up, by growing up with teaching young boys and young girls that taking risks are okay. Being unafraid equally is okay. I don't necessarily know about subjecting yourself to dangerous situations, but I, I, it's incredibly sexist to assume that young boys should just be accepting of, of being in right, risky right, situations right. from a young age, but not women. <sighs> so the mask wearing stigma. Here's like the real fuck shit of the fuck shit. Because even in a pandemic, men still yeah, want to be cool. I can see that. Yeah. I think, I think there is this level of um, maybe, again with what we're talking about here, just not caring as much. 
Yeah, I, I mean, I also think that, that when we when it comes to the mask wearing stigma, stigma is an air quotes. Stigma is a word that I did not come up with, but was on many different sites. Um, this idea of of being seen as uncool, looking weak, and and a mask being shameful also plays into why men are less likely to wear masks than women. Precautionary behavior, like wearing a mask, is the yeah, opposite of risk-taking, if you right. will. You're, you, are, why you are it literally seems uncool. being right. safe <laughs> and, and, yes. and keeping yourself in that position so you don't get the coronavirus. <laughs> or don't give it. Yeah, exactly. And in places, yeah, and in places where mask wearing is mandated, Everyone's wearing a mask. It's in places where well, it's not mandated, are, like, where you know, it feels like an option. There are theories of like, it, does a mask really help? And like, we can, well, we're not going to get into that at all. I mean, I've read a lot of stuff on that too. But I think if you are living in society and you are shopping at a market and you were going out and buying things because you have to eat, um, then I would say wear a mm-hmm. mask. If you are off the grid, if you have your own farm, if you have a giant piece of land and you haven't left that land since March, then you don't have to wear a mask. But you are in society. You are conducting yourself mm-hmm. in a way where you have to abide by the rules of society. And I, I think, again, the society yeah. is is you know obviously created um by ourselves and by the government and and whoever is in it but i do think that in this case you trying to protest against not wearing a mask is um it could is really dangerous yeah absolutely <laughs> You said conspiracy theorist, and uh, in my talk with Janet Webster-Jones from Source Booksellers, she was like, if you choose to be a conspiracy theorist, you might as well be impotent. And so it just made me laugh <laughs> in this conversation, because I, I, I see what you mean, and I see what she means about that. Um, I also think that mask wearing to some men is some hmm. sort of vulnerability showing, like Despite the fact that men are more vulnerable to the coronavirus, the fear and shame of being seen as vulnerable mm. out in public by wearing a mask yeah, is not worth the I, ego. I think there, there is it you feels. Know, all of that as well. And like, I think there is something that like you can't see their face. You can't like, I don't know. There's just something about about it that that I think um, I think that, that they don't they just don't want to be put in that corner in a way, you know, yeah, definitely. Ben Boscovich has a a great quote. He says, "American men are opting to go maskless out of shame." Ironically, right. like if you want to get a, if you want to get a girl's do. attention, the last thing you want to do is not wear a mask. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, babe, let me take you out. No, you don't even care about your own health. You and right. you're like, definitely you not going to give a fuck sometimes. about mine. Um, how about you put on a mask and we'll find out. Mm. Right. Yeah, right. right. Don't stand so close to me. Ew, gross. And it it sort of makes me wonder if toxic masculinity has something to do with not wearing a mask. I'm not a man. But I would say it's 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 one of Uh it must be horrible to just and women go through a lot of horrible things as well. But it's like I feel like it's it's something that plagues men and and men who give it that power. You know, like, of course, you could be like so confident yeah. in your own yeah. being and be like, I don't give a fuck, like be your own man, which I think is great. But I think those men who are plagued by toxic masculinity, I think is so detrimental to their health, to their families, to everything, every part of who yep. they are, what kind of jobs they go for, what kind of life they live. You know, it is driven by that. And I think it is so dangerous. Yep. Yeah, toxic masculinity oh, yeah. kills men and women. Because this idea that that you've got to maintain right, right. like a tough demeanor, even in the face of an invisible killer, is 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 toxic oh, masculinity sure. 100%. exemplified. And, and it's extremely dangerous. Right? Yeah, I mean, it's that same gender stereotype yeah. of not sharing your feelings and not being vulnerable, which prevents men from showing emo- emotion and seeking help for problems with mental and emotional help. It's the reason that men are 3.5 right. times more likely to commit suicide than women. Also, they don't have those social networks that we spoke think, about in the the health portion of this show. High. You know, they do chase the, dr- the drugs, the alcohol, the sex, the, mm. the risky behavior because they want to feel good. And when, when toxic masculinity is very yeah. present at every moment 
um, you you don't feel good, you know? It's yeah. So, I mean, we have our own different version of, like, looking a certain way, acting a certain way, the, being plagued by dieting, you know, feeling guilty for eating a piece of chocolate cake, like, all that stuff that, like, will literally, like, I know women who are so sick and tired of dieting, they have given diets so much of their power, and it's like, clearly it's not working. And you're, you're yes. unhappy, you're stressed, yeah. you know, and you're giving it yeah. so much of your power when you should just say, bye-bye, this doesn't work for me. But, you know, unfortunately, yeah. go on. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, in a case of mask wearing, are men the biggest problem for uh, when it comes to the problem of men oh, wearing yeah. masks? Like, are yeah. men getting in their own way? Right. It's like to get COVID or to be thought of as manly and, and possibly right. get oh, COVID. That is the question. Yeah. But why does that have to be the option? Right. I think you said like, something so wonderful. Which is most of the times, us human beings, we get in our own way. And it is really because of our conditioning. It is mostly because yep. of our childhood conditioning, our traumas, our trauma, our trauma bonds, our relationships, our diet what we watch what we mm-hmm. eat what we say what we think what our environment has a huge it's a huge factor in in how we grow up to be and so i think i think it ultimately is that you know where it's like what what really matters and ultimately your life does matter and yeah. if you feel like you're you are not going to get the coronavirus. You're not going to give the coronavirus. Just think about the millions of people who also thought that and got it. You know, like, come on (gasps) for a second. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I needed a man's Mm -hmm. uh, uh, insight into this. Yeah. And so I came across a great article. It's called Masks, Men, and the Exhausting Pursuit of Desperate Masculinity by Ben Boscovich, who I quoted just a little bit ago. And this quote really stuck out to me. Quote, the fact that the droplet-serving, mask-free mouths of American men are collectively extending our return to real-life mm. date is pretty fucking sad. The irony is that nothing says weakness, much like a man so embedded in his insecurities that he's willing to yeah, risk his life spot for on. End quote. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and with that said, like, where do we go? I mean, I feel like our call to action. I don't know. I don't, I mean, obvious and easy. I'll let you our, take the, fr- I'll let you take the first like one. Call to I'll action. do a follow up. For those of you listening here on black and yellow with Alana and I, uh, and I think our call to action seems really, really complicated this time. Um, no, it's not complicated. Just wear a mask, wear a mask. I don't care. Yes. If it's been, I don't know, if it's used, if it's dirty, whatever, like obviously used by you, but um, wear a mask. And I think, <laughs> I mean, I said that earlier for African-Americans, like, I think it's really, really important to consider what type of mask that you use. Like the fact that I never thought about that was like a huge mm-hmm. aha moment for me. Just like some people don't think about what it's like to maybe live in this age now as an Asian. Um you know, so so think about Oof. those two factors for a moment if you're none of those. Um, but yeah, I know yeah. there's so many people who are, um, you know, uh, giving masks away for free, who are sewing them from scratch. Yes. Um, so there's so many options out there. And I think it's really important to be mm-hmm. stocked up. To ha- I have like four or five always lying around like in different bags and different purses. You never know where you're going to be. Because I myself yeah. have been at places where I've been like, oh, shoot, I forgot my mask. And like, I have to turn around. I have to go home. I have to stay in the car, whatever it is. And so just be ready. Be stocked up. Yeah. And just wear a mask. You know, if you don't, if you have a hard time breathing, then try to suck it up. Maybe don't go in the store. Maybe stay in the car. Like, try to just plan around the ways in which you yourself can be the most safe as possible and do think about the others. You know, we think we are immune to this stuff for those of you, for those of us who haven't gotten it, or obviously we may have gotten it and are just asymptomatic. And so we've all heard crazy stories. Like I never thought I would hear stories from like a family member getting it to like, you know, like a a cousin to to things like that, that, that you think maybe, Oh, this will never happen. But the truth is, is that, it's still happening. So that's my call to action. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm i with you. I will just, I'll follow that up by saying, I'm not quite sure when giving <laughs> a fuck became problematic. Right. But it's not. Give fucks. Give lots and lots right. of fucks. Give dams too. 
Give shits, give fucks, give dams, give shits about the health and personal safety of yourself and of others because those others are not just complete strangers. Ooh. Those others are your friends, those others are your family, those others are your coworkers who you might like or not like, even if you don't like them. Don't wish COVID on them because that's mean and hateful and nasty. Um, those other people are also your acquaintances. They're people that you love and they're people that you hate. They're everyone. Give a yeah. fuck, give a damn, give a shit. Let's all get through this together. But Please. my God, put a mask on. Don't complain about wanting to go back to life as normal if you ain't wearing a mask and doing your part. You forgot your mask at home? Just lift up the the like neck piece of your shirt and put it around your nose and clamp down on that nose and mouth until you get away from people. There are ways to shield your germs from others. Don't stand so close to me if you don't have a face mask on. Keep yep. your germs to yourself. Yep. But just give yep, a fuck exactly that's all just we're think asking, about others really. think about yourself um protect yourself and you know have faith that we can all get through this together and hopefully you know uh be able to see each other in person again alana i haven't seen you in like i haven't seen you in almost four Ugh. months this is crazy it's been a very long no. time and the like, zoom ain't cutting it like i'm overseeing i'm over yeah, this like no i need like i need skin i need smell you know yeah exactly yep men wear a mask exactly. we want to get over this come on okay well that's our show guys we are the black and yellow podcast if you like this show Please feel free to rate, review, and follow us on Instagram at Instagram, we are Black and Yellow Podcast. Or if you want to shoot us an email, if you're interested in being part of our small business segment, put your money where your mouth is, email us at podcastblackandyellow at gmail.com. I'm Alana I'm Webster Jacqueline at Renegade of Fun on, on the gram. gram. We're also on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. So if you guys want to check us out there, you can also rate and review us. Leave us just a little, you know, a little hey. What do you guys think about us? Um, it really helps us keep this show going. It helps us bring you guys amazing, wonderful content about everything and anything. Um, let us know, um, you know, what you guys thought about the show. If you guys have any concerns, um, any show ideas, any stories, we'd love to hear from you guys. It does really, really make our day. Um, so, yes, with that being said, we hope you guys enjoyed this episode of Black and Yellow. And have a wonderful, wonderful mask on uh, days. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye, guys. Take it easy. I love when you quote rap music. I try. Too. I love it. <laughs>